0: There in is. the corner, Luca! Oh! Goes in! How did he do it? How did he do it? That is Luca Magic!
1: Yo, what's up, Mavs Nation? Welcome to Courtside Maps, everybody. We're by the fans for the fans. Enjoy the show!
0: And welcome back to another episode of the Courtside Maps Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co host, Mr. Murphy Beckman. How are you doing, Mr. Murphy?
1: doing wonderful, Logan. Thank you for another great day where we can talk about some Mavs basketball. I'm very excited today. we got a lot to cover. Um, Mavs but a couple of games since our last pod so we can get into those. Um, one went great. One um, was definitely um, a shot to the chest and hurt very badly. Talking about the Wizards game. Um, we'll get into all that. we got a lot more to cover. Talking about the All-Star draft, that all went down. Um, and we got a lot more to cover dealing with the trade deadline that happened as well. A lot of big deals went down. Uh, Mavs didn't do anything, but um, a lot of other deals went down that definitely shook up the league. So um, I'm excited today. We got a lot to talk about, Logan.
0: Yeah, we definitely do have a lot to talk about, and um, uh, I think we should start off by talking about the the Hornets and the Wizards game. So, so how did you feel about the Hornets game last night?
1: Hornets game was great. Or Hornets game was great. I mean, um, it was pretty dominant performance, given that it was the second night of a back to back, where we know the Mavs have struggled mightily this year. Um, and every year in the past it feels like, but especially this year. Um, especially a game without Porzingis, we knew he'd be out just for rest purposes. Um, Luca missed his, uh, I think this was the sixth straight game, the fifth straight game, I believe. Um, but guys like Seth Curry definitely stepped up. We saw he was six for six from three at one point. Um, this was definitely a game It felt like um, like that Milwaukee game um, where a lot of guys really stepped up and played well um, when some guys were absent. Um, that allowed us to you know, not really have the game in question most of the time where it felt like the Mavs really had the game, you know, from start to finish.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I really think this game was a good game for the Mavs, just their role players to get something, but how about my man Seth Curry? Seth Curry playing in front of his dad, playing in front of his brother, playing in front of his hometown, put on a show for the hometown fans.
1: Yeah, of course it was great to see. I mean, when he hit those first couple, you're like, oh, I mean, he's back home, you know, his dad's commentating for the Hornets right now, this would be a perfect time for him to explode. And then he he just kept hitting them and hitting them. Then he hit that one from the logo. That one was pretty incredible. Um, but, I mean, it, didn't he uh, pass his brother in the all-time three-point percentage for the active players as well with that six-rate performance?
0: Yeah, he did. He passed Curry for all-time on the active players three-point percentage list.
1: So, Seth's better, right? Is that what we're saying now? There's no question about it.
0: Better, He's technically a better shooter.
1: He is the better Curry. All right. Well, we got him good for us huh
0: yeah and um uh seth had a great game man he he, he is he's just he's just fun to watch altogether it's fun to watch seth do that i mean he's he's just a joy to watch he's just one of those players that's like his game is it's so reminiscent of steph's game as well because just the way he comes off screens but he's I, he's more of a an all-around i would say point guard more than steph is but he's still he just just as good of a shooter
1: He is, which is the crazy part about it because, you know, people consider Steph the greatest shooter of all time. And, you know, Steph's right there there with him. I mean, he's not hitting um, the degree of difficulty threes or, you know, the magnitude of game seven, the finals type shots. But uh, he's still hitting threes at a crazy high clip. Um, But granted, you know, he's not the only one that was hitting threes last night. I mean, we won the game because of the contributions from all around the team. I mean, Brunson was three for four from deep, as was Hardaway Jr., um, those were huge contributions. Both being seventy-five percent. Brokoff, we know he hit a couple threes. He's been getting a lot more minutes, and he's really taking advantage of his opportunity as well. So, we can't give all the credit to Seth here. I mean, a lot of other guys stepped up in the absence of our two stars.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, and I think another guy who had a great game was Willie Cauley Stein. He had a great, he had another good game too. He had oh, yeah. fifteen points, ten rebounds, two blocks, seven for seven on field goals, a hundred percent. So, I mean, he had another great game. Dorian had a good game with 13 points. Tim Hardaway had a good game with 14. Brunson had 13. Brokoff had 9. Boban had 11. You had tons of guys stepping up in that Hornets game.
1: Well, I mean, you talk about Kali Stein with 15 points on 7 of 7 shooting, 10 boards. That feels a lot like a guy that's supposed to be replacing Dwight Powell to me. I mean, that's what he did. That's what he provided, night in, night out. An incredibly high field goal percentage, getting the job done. Gobbling up some rebounds and getting some points on the board too. I mean, he had a couple blocks as well, so he's really fit into that role well. That I think he was brought to the team to fill.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely can agree with you on that. And I think overall, the the, the team last night showed that like when when they, when they're playing on all cylinders, they they can they can beat anybody. And when they're shooting that well, they can they can do anything.
1: Yeah, it feels that way a lot of nights, and then there's other nights where. It feels like that's just simply not the case, which is kind of what it felt like the night before on the first night of this back-to-back. If you want to start talking a little bit about the Wizards game that put a lot of Navs fans uh, in a deep pit of despair the other night. Yeah. I mean, it definitely hurt me. I mean, the last play. We can get into the last play in a minute. We can talk about, you know, the overall game first, but gosh, that uh, still gives me nightmares.
0: yeah. That whole game, it was basically just Porzingis by himself. I mean, he he was pretty much having to try to do as much as he could to help. But that whole game, it just felt like that th- there was no defense. I mean, the Mavs the Mavs always let teams score like tons of good. They shoot teams versus the Mavs shoot amazing, and I don't understand it. They just make every single three. It feels like most of the time, but for the Mavs that night. Not anyone had a... Curry had a good game, but Cleaver did not have a good game. But, like, on Washington's side, I mean, Beal had 29, and Hachimura had 17, Bertans had 20, Napier had 14. The Mavs, and they were all shooting, like, 2 for 4 on 3, 3 for 6. They were all shooting, like, almost a 50% rate for 3, and you just can't let that happen.
1: No, it felt like one of those classic games where... No matter what happens, no matter what the Mavs do on defense, the other team is just going to knock down a contested three. And that's what Napier was doing the whole night. I'm pretty sure this was his first game in a a Wizards uniform, and he came out there and knocked down four from six from downtown. A lot of timely threes as well, Um, and some contested ones too, which is what a lot of them were hitting. We saw Bertons go five for nine. I mean, it was a good shooter, but he's not going 55% every night on nine attempts. We saw Bradley Beal get his 29. I mean, that's nothing that is out of the ordinary. He's always going to be... He's always going to be a 30-point scorer, no matter if we have Courtney Lee on him or not. Um, And then we saw Ish Smith hit those two dagger threes late, and that's what really hurt the Mavs was those two late ones. From a guy who is a low three-point percentage shooter for his career, those were good attempts for the Mavs' defensive sake. They just happened to fall for Ish on on those two possessions down there, and those were kind of backbreakers for the Mavs.
0: Yeah, they definitely were backbreakers, and I'm up. The Mavs that whole game couldn't stop anyone in the paint. They were doing; they were just making every shot. And it's just one of those things that the Mavs sometimes they, they just they some games they just don't have a defensive identity.
1: No, and you'd think they would. I mean, Porzingis played that night, as did you know, Coley Stein. Boban didn't get any minutes that night, interestingly enough, um, because I mean there was really no way he was going to be able to rotate with the fast paced offense that the Wizards run. So it kind of makes sense, but. Uh Porzingis is supposed to be our defensive anchor. and I mean, he, he played very poorly, honestly, that night. I mean, three for nine from the field, two for six from deep. Um, he was minus three from the box, plus minus for the night. He had five fouls, which really limited him. That's why he only played 21 minutes, only had 11 points. Uh, so this – I mean, I don't want to – he he was critical of himself, um, as he usually is after, after games like this. But uh, this game hurts even more because uh, he wasn't able to contribute, which – kind of led to um a little bit of a momentum swing which washington took advantage of and that's why they were able to um, really stay in the game the whole time and pull it out in the end
0: yeah definitely and it's just nights the mavs like the paint defense wasn't there but it's really as you the Mavs they, they let they let they, they 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 settle with teams shooting open threes and they and they basically just tell them we dare you to make them and tonight was one of those nights to where the Mavs were daring the Wizards to make threes, and they were. They made 50%. So, I mean, I don't think that's a strategy that can be continued. I think the Maz are going to have to start closing out better and playing defense if they want to have some success later in the season.
1: No, yeah, you're right. And the Wizards, you know, they are one of the best offenses in the league. There's no debating that. They have, I mean, the highest numbers in the league offensive, you know, efficiency-wise. Um Obviously, I believe they're probably the worst defensive team in the league, but um, even with that said, they're not going to go 50% on every night from downtown. I mean, and the Mavericks still shot 40%, which is why they were able to stay in the game. But the Mavericks can consistently shoot around 40%. I mean, and the Wizards, no team was shooting 50% for the game from downtown consistently. Uh, So, I mean, that's really the only number that really sticks out. I mean, they hit 19 of 38 from deep um, compared to our 16 of 40. Um, I mean, we beat them on the rebounding side, um, the assists – were close. Um, the turnovers were tied. It's not like there was a bunch of fast break points that led one way or the other. Um, and it kind of stayed consistent, you know, scoring-wise the whole game. We had, you know, a little bit of a lead. Nobody ever took more than a, a eight-point lead in the whole game. Um, but it was just tightly contested, and they just hit a lot more timely shots than we did.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's just It was just one of those games to where, like, the Mavs were doing all they could offensively, but... When you score that many points, you have to play some more defense. you got to hold them at least 100, 510. The Mavs just couldn't do that.
1: Nope, they simply couldn't. I mean, there, there was 21 lead changes, so this game really could have gone either way. And the Mavs did lead for most of the game. Um, but, I mean, again, guys like Napier hit a bunch of big shots. I mean, you know, Ish Smith hit those big shots. And one person in particular, Bradley Beal, hit the biggest shot of the night. Um, Mavericks were up by one after, well, first of all, Tim Hardaway Jr., he had a couple of poor plays to end the game. I'm not going to lie. He That that game's not on him, but those last couple plays, you can put a little bit more blame on him than some of the other guys on the team. Um, when it comes down to, first of all, missing the free throw and then getting lost on what should have been a switch where he was on Bradley Beal where he got the layup in the end. Um, so, the, I, I mean, somebody's got to talk to Tim about that. I mean, I bet he knows, but... That's just, it's just hard to watch.
0: Yeah, def- definitely is. I definitely would agree with you on that. And um, uh, sometimes that's just, that's just how it works sometimes, you know? You can't, sometimes you're just unlucky, you know?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you just got to be smarter than that in those situations. You got to know where your man is, and if you're going to switch, you got to talk about it beforehand. You got to be able to communicate um, when it comes down to the final seconds of an NBA game, I mean that's what these guys are paid to do. Finney Smith, he just got caught on the sc- on the screen, and then Hardaway Jr. just got lost, and then DeLon really had no chance to contest that anyway. I um, I, I really
0: don't know why they didn't just double Bradley Beale and not guard the inbounder, because it, it first of all, I don't know if the match had a timeout, but. If if you see Bradley Beal lining up all the way in the backcourt, you know he's going to try to get a running start, and that was just a perfect play design was Wizards. Get the ball, get them a screen, but like they, if, if there's only 1.6 less, you double him and make them get for one, you make somebody else beat you, and two, you make them have to get a quick, terrible shot. So,
1: well, it was definitely very poorly executed from the Mavericks' end in end the game, um, but. Luckily, they were able to bounce back on the second night of the back-to-back, uh, which I mean was expected because they were playing a poor team. But um, no Luca, no Porzingis on the second night of a back-to-back uh, that can cause trouble for a team like the Mavs. So I'm glad they were able to get it done. Um, one and one in this back-to-back. The next game is tomorrow. Well, today is um, Sunday, the ninth. So the next game would be tomorrow, Monday, in Utah.
0: In Utah. That one worries me. In Utah again? No, this is no. It's, no, it's in Dallas. It's in Dallas.
1: Oh, well, that worries me as well considering how bad we are at home, but yeah, it's probably not a good thing.
0: Yeah, I will probably lose this game. It's with the, we we won't have Luka, but you know, you never know. The Mavs can have nights where they just go off on offensively, but Gobert's probably going to kill us. I mean, the last game was pretty close too. The Mavs kind of blew the blew the last game against the Jazz. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: I mean, it's going to come down to – well, Porzingis will play, I imagine. So, yes. So it's going to come down to if he's going to be able to, one, be able to contain Gobert um, on the glass if he ever has to box him out in any of those situations and um, definitely provide on offense because we know Gobert is a multiple defensive player of the year winner. Um, so I, I don't expect Porzingis to get many you know post-up opportunities with him on him, maybe on a switch-up opportunity, but – um, being able to pick and pop and spread the defense, make Gobert be outside a little bit in case, you know, Brunson wants to get in or Curry wants to get in the paint for a layup. Um, well, being able to kick out to Porzingis as well.
0: Well, with how good Porzingis has been shooting recently, if you remember in the last Jazz game, um, Rudy Gobert was very hesitant to come out and guard Porzingis, and Porzingis was just hitting three. So if he's even being more consistent now, Porzingis is going to kill them on those pick and pops.
1: Yeah, he's been killing people on pick and pops a lot, you know, since Lucas has been injured. I mean, we we talked about how much of a tear he's been on, and that's, um, due in part to his three point shooting excellence. He's really just not missing when he, um, has any sort of space, and even when he doesn't, you know, he's hitting a lot of contested ones too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, and I think for the Mavs, this, Luca is listed as out, but you know, things can change. You never know, so it's still kind of early.
1: Well, yeah, it it is early. But a lot of times, uh, he gets list. People get listed as out just to kind of throw off the opponent's game plan so they don't really know what to prepare for. So let's hope uh, that's what the, uh, the Mavs are doing. But I, I could I, see him probably the All-Star break.
0: I would think if they win this game, he won't play against Sacramento. But I could see if they lose this game, they might actually bring him back against Sacramento because, like, you don't wanna, you don't want to... Drop to nine games above five hundred before the All Star break. Ideally, you would hope they could maybe win this one and win the Sacramento one to go to thirty four and twenty one to the All Star break. But if they lose this one and lose against Sacramento, they'd be eleven games above five hundred to the All Star break, and that was the same exact record they were eleven games above five hundred when Luca got hurt, so they wouldn't have lost any ground at all. So that would...
1: that I mean that's pretty that's pretty efficient given he's you know an MVP candidate, but. Um, it, I could see him being out till the All-Star rate because we know he's going to be starting in the All-Star game. And, I mean, we imagine he'll play in that. So I, I could see maybe, you know, the maps are starting to rest him and letting him play in that as his first game back as more of a little, you know, a nonchalance sort of game where he can kind of get his feel back for it instead of throwing him back in there in the real NBA action game because, you know, they have an opportunity to do this. Yeah. So I could see something
0: like that happening. Yeah, I think if they win versus the Jazz, they probably won't play him against Sacramento. I think they should be able to beat Sacramento without him, but you never know.
1: Uh, we always struggle against Sacramento.
0: That's that is true. That is one thing that that does happen. We do struggle with Sacramento, which is really weird, actually. But if we give a quick stand, standings right now, we have. Lakers are number one seed, probably gonna have that locked up unless they go a massive losing streak. They're the number one seed. Now this is where it gets really interesting because this could really screw. This is gonna screw somebody over. So the 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 Denver Nuggets are the second seed right now at 37 and 16. The Clippers are the third seed at 36 and 16. The Jazz are fourth seed at 33 and 18. The Rockets are at the um uh. Oh, thirty-three and nineteen is the fifth seed. The Thunder are thirty-two and twenty as the sixth seed. The Mavs are thirty-two and twenty-one as the seventh seed, and and the Memphis is twenty-six and twenty-six. So that the the seventh through the four seed is all within two games of each other. Now, what 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 really is going to screw somebody over is if the Clippers end up getting the three seed. That's really going to screw somebody over.
1: Who are the sixth seed?
0: Uh. That would be Oklahoma City right now.
1: Yeah, whoever gets a six seed is screwed in that situation.
0: But I, I don't know. The standings are still really thin. I think the, the, the standings can still get shaken up a lot because teams go on one streaks, teams go on loose streaks. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what the standings look like towards the last couple weeks of the season.
1: Oh, for sure. It's not going to end where it is right now. I mean, I could even see Portland making a push for that Memphis spot at 8. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure the Mavericks are going to stay behind the Thunder um, I can see the Mavs even passing Houston. By the way, they've been playing. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're seven three in the last the ten. Mavs the Mavs are
0: only two games back of the four seed, which is which is the Jazz. So, I mean, the Mavs are going to finish somewhere between seven and four. One of those one of those spots is going to be the Mavs, most likely. Yeah. So, it's going to be very interesting. As long as we don't play the Clippers in the first round, I really don't care. So,
1: <laughs> that is all that matters. If we have to play the Clippers. It'll be hard to even watch those games. Yeah.
0: But I mean, Denver's having a sneaky year, but Denver, we've, we've known Denver's a regular season team. They've choked in the postseason last year, so we'll see what Denver does.
1: I mean, I I have faith in Denver. I mean, they've improved, I think, since last season. Their roster has. And, you know, while Jokic did have that slow start to the season where people, you know, really ridiculed really his performance, he has picked it up a lot. Really. Recently, I think over the last five, he's averaging about 28, 9, and 11. Um, so he's really stepped up recently. That's why they've been um, winning games. I mean, they're 7-3 and three in the last 10. Um, they've won three straight. So uh, I could see them being a real-deal contender, honestly.
0: Yep, it's very, it's very very interesting. I mean, them and the Clippers are only separated by a half game right now. So the Denver and the Clippers are going to battle them out for those two and three seeds. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens in the West with the playoffs.
1: It'll be a good fight. I mean, I honestly think the Clippers still might be the best team in I, the West. I think maybe think the Clippers maybe. are the best
0: team. The Clippers are more built to win a series than a single game.
1: Oh, that's for sure, yeah. But the Lakers are also, you know, built to win a series as well.
0: Yeah, I just think the Clippers defensively are too good, and also the Clippers have too much depth. Like if even if one, if two of their guys if the Lakers if Lebron or AD's off they don't have much hope but if Kawhi and Paul George are off the Clippers have so many other players that could also give you twenty and thirty points.
1: Yeah, so we're speaking of the Clippers. Um, they have a lot of guys. I mean, they have Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Will, and Montrose Harrell that all average around twenty points. And trade deadline, they hadn't. They made an acquisition, another guy that averages about twenty. From the New York Knicks, Marcus Morris. Yeah, that's lineup. I don't think, really nice. think he's gonna fit in their system.
0: I think he fits perfectly. He's a defensive player. He can shoot. I mean, when you, you when you're going out starting lineup of Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, and um, uh, Zubac or Montrezl Harrell. I mean, I don't see how you stop that lineup. I mean, that's just ridiculous how good of a lineup that is.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I mean, he's he's another just tough player. I mean pep Beverly's like that, too. Kawhi, they're all, you know, they're not going to take anything from anybody. Um, but we also saw the acquired Isaiah Thomas from that deal, who they instantly waived. I believe, poor guy. Uh, I mean, he, I think he's a great player. He just needs to be in the right situation because we saw what he's able to do. I mean, we, you know that's before, before the hip injury and all that sort of stuff. But I still think he can be effective in the NBA. Um, but he did get waived. Uh, but another player in the deal, um, Jerome Robinson, went to the Wizards, um, and the Knicks received no Harkless as well as a 2020 first round pick. Uh, but obviously the main name in that deal is Marcus Morris being a 19 point per game score going to the Clippers.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. But Marcus that was Morris just fits so well with them.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be effective for him. Just the way he plays and his attitude is going to be good for their culture. Uh, another one of the blockbuster deals that went down was obviously on. Andre Drummond getting dealt for absolutely nothing. I, I don't would, even understand why. I, mean, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call it a down.
0: blockbuster for what he was <laughs> traded for.
1: I mean, he's he's a two-time All-Star. I mean, he's one of the greatest rebounders of all time, numbers-wise. Him and
0: getting traded for that little amount shows you what most of the league thought of his contract.
1: That I believe that is why the Mavericks didn't make a deal for him is because of that huge contract.
0: I would have to agree, and I just don't think he's worth that much money. I mean, the Maz like having cap flexibility, and also I don't think anybody wanted him, really, just for how much money he's making. And his opt-in next year is more money, and they said he's going to opt in with the Cavs. So, like, the Cavs the between Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and Andre Joggin have almost $100 million on the books.
1: $100 million for three rebounders. Yeah yeah i wonder how that fits going to work I mean, because i mean they didn't have to really give up anything for them, but their front court is all they really have over in cleveland Tristan Thompson's a great rebounder Kevin Love's their only really solid player that's you know established in the league um, and then they just have, they just send in another huge center who's kind of a combination of both of them I mean he can't really shoot like love but he's a big guy who's able to get boards and muscle up in the paint so i mean it's going to be interesting especially For me, you know, I have Kevin Love and Thompson on my fantasy team, so that hurts me a lot. The rebounding numbers are about to plummet. But either way, it's going to be interesting because Drummond's rebounding numbers, I feel like, are also going to take quite a fall because he was averaging, you know, what he always averages about 15, 16, 17 rebounds a game over in Detroit again.
0: Yeah. Can can, can we talk about how uh, the Mavs are... Probably going to sign Michael Gilchrist out of the buyout market.
1: <sighs> That's something, isn't it? I, just, I mean, he, he he is like, he's a solid all around wing player. I mean, he does remind me a lot of Alfaruka Aminu. I know we've seen a lot of tweets about saying how the Mavs, you know, fixed Alfaruka Mino's jumper. Um, if anybody knows what Michael Gilchrist's jump shot looks like, you understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, just Google it. The first picture that pops up is going to be exactly what I'm talking about, and you'll know what I'm talking about instantly, but uh, he is definitely a solid defender, and a solid all-around uh, you know, player and veteran, but he's not really any sort of offensive threat at all.
0: Yeah, but I think what you really need him for is just defense. You need you need another guy like Dorian Finney-Smith that can just defend guys, that you can have somebody, you can have somebody, you someone linky off the bench, and if Rick Carlisle could um uh, get Alfred Camino to, like, shoot good and play decent offense. Maybe Michael K. He Maybe, I mean, he he's, he's not a bad driver. I mean, he, he got some athleticism. He can dunk. So that's always good.
1: Yeah, but speaking of dunks, are we really going to allow him to play for the Mavericks after what Richard Jefferson did to him a few years ago in a Mavericks uniform? That, that Do you remember the dunk I'm talking about where oh my they God. called it an offensive foul, but it was one of the greatest posters in Mavericks history? Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. We can't let him play for the Mavs after Richard Jefferson did that to him.
0: Yeah, but the big thing about it is who are they going to cut? It's probably between Courtney Lee, Ryan Brokoff, and um, uh, Justin Jackson. I really hope they cut Jackson because he hasn't done anything good, but I don't know if they're going to take the cap cap hit. I think Courtney Lee is more likely, but Courtney Lee's been playing really good. But maybe the Mavs have been playing in the last couple games just to, to, to give teams an opportunity to look at him before they cut him.
1: I no, but yeah, I, I don't believe they're going to cut Justin Jackson. I think there's no chance that happens. Um, but I unfortunately think it might be broke off just because of the way the cap situation works and because of his contract and everything. And he has been playing pretty well. I mean, he hasn't been hitting, down, hitting his threes is as high of a clip as he has in the past. And I think he's like a over a 40% three point shooter for his career, over like 44%. So uh, he's been a little bit slow, but he's been doing a lot of good things as well. Even on the defensive end, he's been getting a lot more yeah, steals. He's, than He's an he he's, he's
0: underrated rebounder. I mean, he had like 10 rebounds last year.
1: Yeah, it's been impressive to see, so I hope he doesn't get cut, but there's really nobody that I want to get cut on the team. If I had to pick somebody, I would definitely say um, I would choose Jackson, but I just don't see that happening.
0: I think they're probably just going to cut Lee just because I think Brokhoff plays more of a meaningful role than Lee does. So I think they'll probably cut Lee because he's expiring contract and it's not gonna it was it was not gonna cost him a lot to cut Lee.
1: That's true. But I mean, he yeah, he's actually been contributing though, which is what makes it hard for me to say I want him gone. I mean, earlier in the season I said no big deal, but he's actually been playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, I know it's sad, but whoever whoever they cut, I feel really bad for. But maybe they'll bring them back later in this next year or something like that. I mean, hopefully they. You never know.
1: I mean, they did it for Salah, so you never know.
0: We, we could use Salah on this team right now.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, a few more trades I want to cover. Um, We saw Miami won the Iguodala sweepstakes. Um, have had a Deion Waiter, Shessis Winslow, James Johnson, up to Memphis for Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and former Maverick great Jay Crowder. Oh, yeah, Jay Crowder. Um, so, you know, we saw the Mavericks linked to Iguodala for a while, and obviously that didn't happen. So um, it's good to see him go to a contender where he can actually play and and stop just sitting out if he doesn't want to.
0: Igudala sat out half the year to get traded and then get signed to a thirty million dollar extension. That's that's called living life.
1: <laughs> Man, it must be nice, huh?
0: He got traded to Miami. The Miami signed him for two years for fifteen mil. Fifteen mil, I think, is what it was, or something like that.
1: Yeah, two year, thirty million dollar extension.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous.
1: Yep. So he went to Miami, got all that money after sitting out and doing nothing in Memphis. Good for him, I guess. He kind of cheated the system. Um, but, I mean, we saw our interdivision rivals trade their starting center and kind of decide to change the entire framework of their team in the NBA, going with a no center team besides, I mean, maybe like Isaiah Hartenstein or whoever they have left down there. But they sent Capella to Atlanta um, in a four team, 12 player deal. Pretty interesting stuff. And Denver um, sent Malik B. Beasley and Hernan Gomez to uh not sh- let's see Capella traded to the Hawks um NBA it
0: was Timberwolves it was, who was the who was the fourth team I don't remember
1: well Minnesota was in the deal as well they got two first round picks um including Houston's pick for this year it,
0: it was Minnesota Houston oh
1: no they moved that to get uh, Malik Beasley and Hernan Gomez yeah oh yeah I didn't I believe Beasley went off the other night for him already in his first game hit seven threes
0: yeah
1: he's a good player
0: i don't understand the concept behind houston's going with PG tucker as a starting center but i guess their philosophy apparently is well we don't care if you score in the post because we're going to shoot so many threes that it's going to negate whatever twos you score which that's a dumb philosophy because that's not going to work in the playoffs
1: but no this- i mean it worked it worked for seven Curry, but it's not gonna work for Russell Westbrook, I'll tell you that.
0: They and, and then they beat and then they beat the Lakers a couple nights ago because the Lakers they would just the Lakers kept shooting threes instead of posting up Anthony Davis on freaking Peter Tucker, which made no sense. So
1: <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. I mean I mean the Hawks getting Capella, that's not really gonna change up anything in the East. They're not gonna win yeah. enough games to make the playoffs anymore, but
0: I, I just wanna, I just wanna play the Rockets so bad in the playoffs. I just wanna play them in the playoffs.
1: Uh, imagine Lucas slicing up that paint with no rim protection at all. Yeah, that will be nice.
0: I, I really don't care with the basketball <laughs> in the playoffs as long as, as long as it's not the the Clippers or the Lakers in the first round. I think they could, I think they could beat Denver. Denver would be a tough series though because they're good at home. But Denver or the Thunder, Thunder, I really don't care. I, I think a li- our most likely opponent is probably, it's going to be between Houston, uh, the Jazz, and Denver, probably.
1: Yeah, that, that's most likely. If we could find a way to play Oklahoma City, that would be definitely ideal, because I think we could beat them at 5, if not 4.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that would happen. I mean, it's possible, because is only a couple games back, and they kept winning, and the other teams lost. I mean, you never know. But hopefully after them ask about the All-Star break with Luca, and they play some of these lesser weak teams, Luca will help them just easily take care of some of these bad teams. You
1: know, hopefully he can come back and you know be better than he was before and stay healthy for the remainder of the season because it's it's getting kind of near into playoff time and the Mavericks are going to be in the playoffs, which feels nice to say. It feels kind of weird, but that also means we've got to be healthy. I mean, we saw what happened last time the Mavs were in the playoffs pretty much every player was injured Um, in 2016 you know D. Will was hurt the whole time Um, Matthews every single player that we had that was talented missed some time I mean you know Dirk was hobbled up a little bit even Felton was too too. so um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we can you know continue to stay healthy for the last couple months leading into the playoffs with guys that we've seen have been pretty injury prone this season.
0: Yeah, it will be. It will be an series, and I think the big thing right now is Chris Paul Porzingis getting his confidence back. Because in the playoffs, if if KP is hitting his open shots with Luca and KP can start taking advantage of those smaller players, KP it's going to be so hard to stop. But I really think KP needed this because KP needed to get his confidence back. He also needed to like become aggressive again. I think that's what he what he's been doing over this little stretch.
1: Yeah, I like seeing him aggressive. Not even just shooting the threes, but when he he's able to attack and um get those you know strong drives and dunks in the paint. I mean, a lot of times you have seen him drive and, you know, lose control a little bit and throw up something a little bit softer. And so recently he's been doing a lot better job of being strong in the paint and being able to finish with contact, especially, you know, attacking the rim and trying to dunk on people. He's been doing that a lot since uh, uh, Luka's been out.
0: Yeah. I just hope that when Luka comes back, they, they can find the balance of how to balance each other and give each other both time to run the offense.
1: Yep. It'll be, uh... It'll be something to see if they're able to do it together, and not only that, but if Carlisle's able to roll out um, different lineups to allow them to, you know, maybe try to be out there at different times than each other. Um, maybe you know he's been doing that a little bit where he takes Kristaps uh, out at first and let Luca play a little bit longer, um, in the first quarter. I would like to see a little bit more time. I would like
0: to see maybe Kristaps come in, to get taken out halfway through the first quarter. Then also if Kristaps come in with the bench unit and help them.
1: The yeah, rick has been doing that sometimes where you know take. Kristaps out mid first and puts him in by himself without Luka, uh early second. So um, I can see him doing a little bit of that, seeing if they can play, you know, you know, away from each other a little bit, and that can get Kristaps going.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an option. And I think in the playoffs, it's the rotation is going to get smaller in the playoffs. To say like you're going to see way more Luca minutes, probably way more KP minutes. You're going to see Maxi Dorian. Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, and Brunson, probably more. And Willie cauley Stein, that's probably going to be, a, probably only going to be, see like an eight or nine man rotation. It's probably what's mostly going to be.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's all going to come down to who's healthy at that point as well it's, when it comes and down it's to his plan It's the
0: other teams they play too. The other team, they could play a team that, that had a good record, but they got banged up. So you never know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you never hope for injuries, but um, those kind of things do happen, and the Mavs has been banged up a lot all season, last season as well. I mean, we're not going to have Powell for the rest of the season. He was our starting center. Um, I mean, at least Kali Stein's filling the role pretty well, but that's already something that we're going to have to you know, get past come playoff time is not having um, one of our top guys in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, but I think I think we covered a good amount today on the on the pod. I think we did a good job.
1: I agree. Um, there's one more thing I want to cover if you want to. Um, the uh, draft of the, of the NBA All Stars from LeBron and Giannis.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that really quick.
1: Yeah, we saw our man Luca get drafted, not where we expected him to go, a little bit later than we thought. Um, but first pick, obviously, Team LeBron. So you know he's going to take his teammate Anthony Davis. Um, and then the snake draft. So the next pick went to Giannis, where I expected him to take Luca. I don't know about you. Logan, but I thought Giannis would take Luca the second pick over Embiid.
0: Yeah, he took Embiid, but Giannis picked a bunch. Uh, picked all his African black players. He was making jokes about it, but I think Giannis was picking more for fun. But LeBron was picking to win, so that's that. That's yeah. Giannis, say.
1: kept saying, Giannis kept saying, I'm "Picking my African brother."
0: Yeah, he picked. He, yeah, he picked Embiid. He was, ha- he was, he was having fun with it. it, and then he picked Siakam, and then and then LeBron picked Anthony Davis, Luca. Uh, Harden, right? Anthony Davis, Luca, Harden, and Emma. who was the other? What was the
1: other starter? Uh, for well, LeBron for Embiid or for LeBron's team?
0: Yeah, who were the starters for LeBron's team? It was Harden,
1: Luca. Uh, he took Anthony Davis first. He took Kawhi second. Oh, cool. And then third pick, he took our boy Luca. And then with his last pick, he took Harden because we saw Giannis with Harden, Trey Young, and Kemba left. He said, mm, I, "I like the ball. I like someone who passes." So I'm taking Kimba.
0: That was pretty funny.
1: Which, uh, I mean, we know Harden was watching. I wonder how he's feeling about that. But um, hey, interestingly enough, the Trey Young is last. Luca wasn't last, you know. i not. I don't want to say anything about that little rivalry there. But um, Trey Young had some comments about being last too. Um, he said something about how you know he's only 21, so he shouldn't even be here. All this sort of stuff. But yeah.
0: No, I think I think it was funny that that the starters ended up being West versus East. I think that's pretty funny
1: it's only fitting
0: really it really is the west is just I, I think team lebron's gonna absolutely smoke them but those those weird all-star <laughs> rules could make him interesting
1: yeah and you know there's a lot of uh talent on the bench too which is gonna you know change it up and i wonder because they are doing the draft thing we saw that the first year they did this all-star draft lebron um and steph before they even started televising it that was i mean one of one of the most competitive all-star games in a while. So it's interesting to see if this year is going to be another one like that because they did another one of these drafts. Um, and we saw, okay, with the reserves, um, a, lot, a lot of interesting picks as well. Of course, Giannis with the first pick took his teammate, as did LeBron with the starters, but Giannis took Chris Middleton. Um, and then Dame went second to Team LeBron. Bam Adebayo went third to Giannis. Um, and then Ben Simmons, who we didn't even have making the all-star team, was picked fourth on the reserve list by Team LeBron. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I personally wouldn't have picked him. I, 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 didn't, I didn't
0: think Ben Simmons deserved to make the All-Star game.
1: but No, but he did, and he was the fourth overall pick for the, for the reserve. So good for him showing us up, I guess. The next pick was uh, Rudy Gobert going to Team Giannis. Then Jokic to LeBron. Uh, Jimmy Butler went to Team Giannis. Um, Jason Tatum, who you had and I didn't, uh, was a Team LeBron. Kyle Lowry who I had in the, in the game went to Team for the Kyle, 17th. Kyle Lowry overall is going to
0: get replaced by somebody for injury, so I don't know who that's going to be, but we'll see.
1: Bradley Beal possibly?
0: Did Bradley Beal not make the All-Star game?
1: No, he was one of the biggest snubs for sure.
0: He didn't make it? Are you serious?
1: He didn't make it? Yeah, you had him starting.
0: God, I, I forgot. They Yeah, Bradley Beal going to go in for Kyle Lowry, I'm going to guess. Or, they might. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Hopefully, I mean, if Kyle Lowry is going to miss due to injury, then Bradley Beal would be the guy that should replace him. In my mind, and the NBA fan base is mine because there was a lot of backlash when he didn't make the team. Him and Devin Booker.
0: Oh, Devin Booker could could replace him too.
1: Interesting. Unless they're doing it, you know, by conference, then it would have to be Beal. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, Nevertheless, though, there's a few more just to mention. Chris Paul went 18th to the team of LeBron. Um, then Brandon Ingram, first-time All-Star, went to Team Giannis. Uh, Westbrook, 20th pick, went to LeBron. Donovan Mitchell, um, first-time All-Star, went to Team Giannis. And then another first-time All-Star, who we both had on the team, but still interesting and funny to see him on there, is DeMontis Sabonis with the last pick going to Team LeBron.
0: Yeah, the last pick.
1: <laughs> but he's still a great player. I mean, He killed the Mavs the other night when the Mavs took on the Pacers and beat them, but uh, it's just he's just not really you know an all-star game type of guy. We'll see how the game goes for him. It'll be fun, but maybe not so fun to watch.
0: It's gonna be fun seeing the ball hogginess between Luca, Harden, Kawhi, LeBron, and AD in the starting line. I want to see I want to see uh, uh, Luca throw like an alley oop to LeBron. That's that's what I need. oh
1: that'll for sure happen.
0: I want him to like throw yeah, it I, off but... the backboard on a, break, a fast break, and then and I want Luca and LeBron to try like to recreate the Dwayne Wade photo. Like Luca throw it off the backboard and like put his arms behind him. That'd be pretty freaking sick.
1: I don't think that's a very good idea. That might get some hate. There's too many LeBron Wade heat quote unquote fans that really wouldn't like that. But
0: I, I hope I hope like Luca throws a lob to LeBron and like becomes like an iconic picture. That'd be pretty funny. We're definitely, yeah, definitely going to get a Luca moment in a game that's going to create, like it's going to be like an iconic picture. Something's going to happen.
1: I hope. I mean, we got a Dirk moment last year in the All-Star game. I mean, he hit those two back-to-back deep threes, nothing but net. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if Luka's still doing the three-point contest yet. I don't know that, but I know he's playing in the Rising Stars game as well. So.
1: Yeah, he's not doing the three-point contest, actually.
0: Oh, they said that officially?
1: Yeah, they came out with the lists, and he Troy Young decided to do it, but yeah, Luka did not. No,
0: that's fine. I mean, he's doing the Rising Stars game, so...
1: Yeah, and he's starting the All-Star game, so I think he's going to be all right. I'm
0: pretty sure he's the first player ever to start the Rising Stars game and start the All-Star game in the same season.
1: <laughs> I could see it.
0: Well, I think the last thing we do before we end this is we preview the Jazz game. So the Mavs play the Jazz tomorrow night... Without Luca, I'm gonna say the Jazz win 120 to 115.
1: You got no faith in our Mavs, but we're I guess bad. it is at home.
0: Just our defense has been bad, and and we also are at home too.
1: So you think we'd have a better chance if we were in Utah, though?
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: You think? I mean, we are better on the road, but Utah's such a tough to play.
0: I mean, last time we only lost by like what, like a basket? And Rudy Bears, like fucking nasty-ass block.
1: Oh, speaking of which, before, before I get into my preview, did you see his uh, goaltend on, on Damian Lillard last night that wasn't called? Uh, that was pretty atrocious. That was terrible,
0: man. Like, I don't get why you can't... You can review a, a call, but you can't review a non-call. It makes no sense at all.
1: Yeah, they should have at least just called it so they could have reviewed it, but... guess not. Exactly. Okay, so... Let's see, Mavericks versus Jazz tomorrow night in American Airlines Center. Last time they played, January 25th. Mavs lost 107-112. Luka had 25-7. and I'm going to say the Mavericks take this one 109-103. I'm going to say the Mavericks pull it out in the end. Ugh,
0: only giving up 103? I can't see that right now. Our defense has been terrible.
1: Yeah, but I'm just banking on you know, the Jazz misses a lot of shots. Mitchell not being hot. We know he has games where he's a little bit cold, and that really puts the team in a bit of a funk. Unfortunately, guys like Bogdanovich and Ingles have been pretty hot lately. So, um, I mean, during their huge win streak, they've been vital to the team. But I think the Mavericks might have enough in the defensive end, at least if Porzingis plays to his capabilities to get this one done.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be another game of the Mavs just give up way too many points in the paint and the other team just shoots really well.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're pretty even on a lot of categories. Like, I mean, rebounds per game, we only average two more rebounds per game than them, only two more assists per game, um, less than a block, more game. They average almost three turnovers more game than us, so um, maybe the Mavs can get out and run a little bit, um, get out in the open floor. Um, play a little bit faster, because we know guys like Brunson are able to um, finish, you know, through contact in the open four, and guys like Hardaway Jr. love playing through contact in the fast break, so um, maybe the Mavs can use that to their advantage, um, get the job done, but it's going to be a good game either way. It always is, and that was play Utah.
0: Uh, yeah, it definitely will, and I think it's going to be – got two more games before the All-Star break, so we got the Jazz and the Kings. So we'll see how they go. Two and 0 would feel good. I think they at least need to split this, but two and O would be fantastic. But knowing the Mavs, they'll beat Jazz and lose to the Kings. So,
1: yep. I mean, I I can't expect us to go two and O after falling into the Wizards.
0: Yeah, two and O would be nice, but I think the Mavs just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too worried about it. The Mavs are have some injury issues right now. The Mavs need this all-star break desperately, really.
1: Oh, yeah, it's big for him, especially um, with the nagging injuries to Porzingis and especially being able to get Doncic um, enough of a long enough rest where there's not a worry about him coming back and maybe reaggravating it.
0: Yeah, with those ankles, you can always reaggravate them at any time. So hopefully they gave him a little bit of extra time this time to heal up. So, yeah, but that's going to do it for Locked on Mavs, guys. Or, sorry, not Locked on Mavs. What am I saying? Courtside Mavs. i listening to too much of Isaac and Nick. Uh, <laughs> this will it for Courtside Mavs, everybody. Make sure you like like the pod and share it. Uh, this is another episode, guys. Remember, we're by the fans for the fans. Peace, everybody. Thanks for listening to Courtside Mavs. Go subscribe on all platforms. See y'all next time. Peace.